Seed of Wisdom, Deacon Kevin back here again. Uh, what a lovely intro that song is. I googled uh, most popular wedding processionals, recessionals, and this one popped up, the prayer. It's the prayer from St. Mary's Cathedral. Um, so I am deeming today's podcast the season of love heard it was someone said it was a season of graduates but i also think it's the season of love it's a season of weddings a season of anniversaries uh it's summertime it's almost summertime and i think it's the season of love um we're going to talk about love within the context of uh, matthew chapter 5 about how jesus speaks beyond the letter of the law how jesus intensifies and he wants us to internalize the commandments uh, more than just following the letter of the law. So before we get any further, uh, let me bring along our friend, uh, Father Ron. Well, welcome, Ron. Ron, uh, you're not quite the titular bishop, uh, but I, I see you as a quite of a, a title uh, as Pastor Emeritus, but maybe titular bishop is should be in your calling somewhere. Ron. I don't know. I'll, I'll put I'll put in a good word for you. Vicar for senior priest. How about that one? You can put. Okay. So today we're going to talk. And Dean also. Oh, and Dean. Yes, and yeah, Dean. You can put all that in. I'll put all. You got a lot of letters behind you. In a front. So uh, welcome back. So you know, I talked about this is a season of love, but we're talking about where Jesus in chapter five after the beatitudes is teaching right he's teaching about the law and what he says you know jesus goes beyond the letter of the law he teaches about anger but he talks about you know, the law talks about killing and he talks about um adultery but he talks about what's in a person's heart and he talks about divorce and what's the ultimate law uh, opposed to what Moses was allowing, so to speak. And then he talks about oath and retaliation. So if I'm talking about love, Ron, what does this have to do with Jesus' teaching today in chapter 5? Well, Kevin, the yeah, basic definition of love, uh, philosophically, and I think in Scripture too, is always to look out for the good of the other. Uh, which makes a lot of sense. And that fits into the commandment that you're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. So that's kind of reaching out for that higher standard uh, in terms of our relationship with others. So that's, you know, Jesus is always opening us up to that. You know, sometimes... We hear this phrase used in uh, secular society, uh, that a person's better angels have come to be a part of their life, which means that they open themselves. They open themselves to reach out to others, to, to move up to that higher standard. Um, and what does that look like? Well, that looks like patience. It looks like understanding. It looks like wisdom. And what does all that look like? Uh, that looks like what we call the gifts of the Holy Spirit, too. Isaiah, in the 11th chapter, um, in his book, uh, names those gifts that we receive from the Spirit. And, of course, the next question is, how do you know they're working? 
Well, you can measure it, and this is what Paul talks about in his letter to the Galatians, chapter 5. Uh, are you a charitable person? Is there joy in your heart? Are you peaceful? Are you patient? Are you kind? Are you humble? Are you faithful? Uh, do you put up with other people's mistakes? Uh, that notion of kindness, gentleness, all that plays, that's a way we can measure whether the gifts of the Spirit are in us. Yeah, you touched on a couple of things. You know, I mentioned, you know, Jesus at the beginning, it's somewhere in chapter five, he calls for a higher standard, you know, and a higher standard than that of the scribes and Pharisees. So it's not just simply um, following the letter of the law, right? It has to go beyond that. And I think he even talks about when, when Jesus talks about not taking oaths, he goes, okay, you know, he didn't say don't take an oath, but I, I found it interesting in, in Jesus' time when people would swear to God, if they felt like they weren't going to keep an oath, what they would do is they would say, well, I swear by heaven or I swear by earth or by Jerusalem's or, um, or, or by one's head. I, I, I was really what the scribes did to kind of get around because they felt like if they swore to God and they didn't, that they would be subject to Gehenna or they would go to hell. And so Jesus says, well, you know, if, if, if God's people were truthful in every statement, then any legal provision for the oath swearing would be superfluous. But I thought it was interesting. We talk about love and, and I think about preparing couples for marriage in that they're making, they are making an oath before God that is, is supposed to be sustainable for all time. And in, in our discussion with couples in pre-Canaan more recently was a question about commitment. And Jesus in chapter five says, well, let your yes mean yes, and your no mean no. Um, and, and when you extend that beyond, you know, when we talk about anger, what Jesus talks about anger in here and, and uh, in, in, in these different uh you know, foibles that we have as human, that's hard standard to, to meet up to, right? To love everyone all the time. It can be difficult. Yeah, that's why, you know, we need God's help, and we have a word for that, God's grace. Uh, or God's assistance. And that's all tied into this notion of the spirit that was sent and is in all of us believers. Uh, so the possibility is there. We may fail, but that's the call. And so Jesus says he didn't come to change the law. He came to expand it. Uh, right. Which is kind right. of interesting. To see right. into it a little deeper, to move the boundaries, to go beyond. Yeah, I think it's penet you're penetrating one's heart, and, and, and that should lead you to live according to to God's ultimate intention. It gets back to what you said. Um, and what I think Father Greck used to say is uh, loving, but loving with seeing someone through God's eyes. And you know, Kevin, this plays right into the issues that we're having in society mm. today about the whole issue of racism, to look deeper. And, and each one of us has to do that. Um, to, to see people as God sees people. God does not 
make a distinction between color, language, race. He sees all people in that same light. And we have to work on getting to that point uh, because I think we were sometimes accidentally or just maybe intentionally schooled uh, in a way that we're not comfortable with people who look different, who have different skin, and so on and so forth. So this is a, this is a major call in every aspect of our life, this whole notion of loving. Uh, I even get this sense, Ron, you know, when I walk into church, I'm often reminded um, in, again, chapter 5, where Jesus says, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there recall that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift there at the altar, go first and be reconciled with your brother, and then come off your gift. That gets into that notion for me, when I walk into church, um, if I haven't reconciled myself, and I haven't been to confession in a while, you know, boy, I feel pretty uncomfortable. So it's like, boy, I need to go and reconcile myself, not only with God, you know, in, in you, the priest, but I need to go and literally reconcile myself with my brother, my, my wife, my children, whoever I may have felt like I've done wrong. Um, you know, at least Jesus is telling us, you need to go there first before you come. Um, you know, it's, it's not, I'm not getting into a chicken and an egg discussion, but the, the notion is I need to come with a contrite heart and without going to those people that I've harmed and wrong um, and apologizing, you know, then it, it could be, I am just conforming to the external law, right? If I just go to confession and not apologize to those people that I'm not really, then I'm the just fulfilling. The people put in the windows at Mary's right. The people put in the windows at Mary's seat, Kevin, uh, many of those quotes are there. Mm. Uh, so it's as though that all embraces you when you come in to the worship space. Uh, the messages yeah. are there. And I've seen people who are visitors uh, and spend some time walking around the church looking at that uh, because they're very strong reminders mm -hmm. about how one lives the great commandment. Uh, constant reminders of that. Right. Well, Ron, is spirit of love. Um, do you have a prayer for us? I'm going to play a song after your uh, blessing and prayer for us today, Ron. Uh, another uh, factor here, uh, Kevin, is we're celebrating uh, the Feast of the Body and Blood of the Lord. Corpus weekend. Christi, right? Yes. <clears throat> and uh, that's Jesus's way to be with us in a way not to uh, shock us or to cause any problem, but to come in a simple way under the form of bread and wine and be present to us uh, with this great love of his and his teaching so that in turn we may show it to others. So we pray, loving Father, the gift of the Eucharist blesses us with Jesus's presence for which every human heart really longs by partaking in the Eucharist when we will be able to soon. Let us become more perfectly that body of Christ as we relate to our God and to each other. And may God's blessing be upon us all today, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ron. The song I'm playing is from actually Steve Winwood. It was uh, released in 1980. It's called Bring Me a Higher Love. 
I think I was mentioning to you before when we were prepping for this that I always looked at it from a viewpoint of what do bring me, bring me, Kevin, a higher love. And now if I put it in the context of Jesus asking us that, you know, it's, it puts a different um, take on my life of Jesus asking me to bring a higher love, just as he said to his, his apostles to be, um, to be demanding more than the Pharisees and the scribes. So, Ron, thanks for joining me today. You're welcome, and thank you. All right, take care. Oh!